You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,264, and it's our 1,577th interview. We've been on the air since March of 2009. We're the longest-running business podcast in Orange County, California. This week, I've invited Kevin Costello, staff writer for the Orange County Business Journal, to join us to talk about the recent giant technology show in Las Vegas. And we're going to specifically be focusing on the presence of those Orange County companies who made news and an impact at the show. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show and podcast or the CEO peer groups that I lead, why don't you visit our company's website? It is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Kevin to the studio. Kevin, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Thank you, Rick. It's good to have you here. I love reading your articles in the Orange County Business Journal as you focus on technology. Mm-hmm. And with CES being such a large show every year in Las Vegas. I was excited to hear when we were talking that there were some California Orange County companies are there. So let's just kind of have a ranging conversation for the next 20 minutes or so, okay? It's fine with me. All right. So I know you had a chance to speak with John Chen of BlackBerry while you were at the show. And I'm wondering, did you gather anything from your conversation as it relates to silence? And maybe you could help people to understand the relationship between Silence and BlackBerry and then the nature of the conversation you have with John. Yes, indeed. I ran into John at the BlackBerry booth at the uh, CES show. It was a little bit unannounced, unplanned, but he was very willing to talk. So I said, well, you know, hey, I'm from Orange County Business Journal, Orange County all the time. So what about Silence? Now, as everybody knows, pretty much everybody knows, BlackBerry bought Silence almost a year ago, and it's really heavily into cybersecurity. And that's the buzzword these days is cybersecurity. So I said to John, what about Silence? Is it still going to have a big, big presence in BlackBerry? And he was very, very definite that it will. That's the way things are going, yeah. Okay. And what is John's role in BlackBerry? Aha. John is the CEO. Sorry about that. I should have mentioned that before. He's the big boss. The company is based in Ontario, Canada. And, you know, it's very big. It's coming back from the old days of the little BlackBerry handheld unit. And they're heavily into uh, cybersecurity now. And that's where Silence works in. And John is, as I just mentioned, the CEO. He's the big boss. Right. And that's an interesting story because for those of us who have used cell phones for an extended period of time, we probably have a very clear and vivid memory of what the BlackBerry was, because it was a dominant platform, wasn't it, for quite a long time, with, its, was, with yeah. its unique keyboard, and it's and one of the, I think one of the differentiators that I believe to be true, you tell me, was part of the BlackBerry allure was the embedded security that came with the device versus the more Johnny-come-latelys, which was maybe an Apple iPhone or the other products that people may be aware of. Yeah, definitely. That's the way it's going. And as I just mentioned, the the silent security part is really at the center of what they're doing now, and that is the future for them. And as I said, the CEO, John Chen, said, well, yeah, silence is right there with us and very important part of the entire company. Well, that's good news for those of us in Orange County who like to see our Orange County companies thrive and grow, even if they're a part of a major acquisition by a major brand 
even if the brand's not here in Orange County. That's right. Okay. But there is a great big Blackberry building right here in Irvine that you can pass by, a beautiful beautiful glass building that really shines in the sunset. It's absolutely gorgeous. So sometime when you're on the highway, drive by it sometime. It's is really that, pretty. Is that the Silence building? Or is that a different building then? Well, they sort of renamed it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes and yes. Uh, yes, yes and yes. They, okay. they renamed Take down Silence. Silence put, up, yeah. put up Blackberry. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but it's still a beautiful building. Right. Give yeah, it's a, down near the spectrum, sometime. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very tall, very uh, uniquely looking. Yeah. I mean, you see that from the freeway, whether you're on the 405 Exactly. Or the five. We're talking with Kevin Costello. As I said, he is staff reporter for the Orange County Business Journal. And you're, you cover technology. Yes. Okay. And there's a lot of technology in Orange County. Yes. Is there more technology in Orange County? Are you seeing an increasing trend of business in Orange County? We're going to get to a couple questions about that in a moment. I'm just wondering, as you cover it, is, it, is the beat getting busier the beat is always busier, and in fact, I'm always discovering new companies here. That's the fun part about the job, is that you always find a new company around the corner that you can talk to and work up. Now, as far as whether it's growing, oh, you know, that's sort of a big debate. The economists at Chapman University are worried that, in fact, uh, computers, electronic, science, maybe aren't growing as much as they should be, and they worry about, uh, are we falling behind Silicon Valley? Are mm. we stagnant? So, in exact finger on the pulse is hard to get, but as I said, you sure discover an awful lot of companies here involved in security, technology, cybersecurity, one way or the other. Right. Okay. Well, I know you also spoke about someone with the IOXT Alliance. That's correct. And, and, and I, first of all, I need you to maybe shed some light on this organization. What does that acronym stand for? And why is it kind of relevant to Orange County technology? What it stands for, I'm actually not really sure. Okay, I'm not even sorry sure to ask you that question. <laughs> it's called the IOXT Alliance. It okay. was set up by a big local entrepreneur named Gary Jabara. And what's the point? The point is that so many different products now are interconnected. Somehow or another, they are connected to the Internet, and we have to watch out for them. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. If you have a camera on your doorbell, I you do. want to make sure that that doorbell is not sending your personal information to the bad guys, to the hackers, maybe to the Chinese, who knows? I mean, it can be very, very important. Another thing is your television set. You don't want to turn on your TV and have your interconnected TV send your data to criminals, your data to hackers, anything like that. So this company, IOXT Alliance, is designing industry standards so that everybody conforms to the same standards, pretty much, so that there is security in those everyday products that you buy and use. Very important. Right. And so that's another, it sounds like that's another alliance focused on security for the Internet of Things kind of Correct. idea. And, and you're right. There are so many sm smart devices that we're populating our life with mm -hmm. that we think of as kind of a, a productivity personal tool, but it's actually a two-way communication device, isn't it? Two-way communications, and even uh, if you look at it one way, sort of spying and espionage. Do you really want to sit in your living room, turning on your big screen TV, and then have somebody watching what you do, Hell stealing no. information? Of course not. Because that's our privacy of our own home, right? And and recently, a month or so ago, I recall seeing uh, several news stories about 
somebody's internet cameras that were being hacked, and there was communication between the hacker and the people in the home, which is very disconcerting, isn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. expect that. and No. And you really have to regard privacy. And I think people really don't appreciate privacy until they've lost privacy. Right. You know. Right. And then who do they blame when they lose their privacy? The guy who built the doorbell with the camera in it. <laughs> right. And then who, do the, who does the company blame? Right? Who knows? Yeah. Suppliers, everybody. Yeah. Right. Or uh, I have seen, um, and I don't remember the instinct, instance specifically, but where the response from the company was, well, people didn't change their password regular yeah. enough or didn't have a strong enough password. So even in our own home, we need a certain level of in IT sophistication just to enable these devices so that we have some level of security. Correct. Definitely correct. Maybe we don't take that seriously enough until we see enough of these intrusions into our environment. So yeah. so this IOXT alliance is looking to standardize. Standardize the products, the security in the products. They call it the um, Internet of Secure Things. They really want secure things so that people don't have their identity stolen, their privacy stolen, mm -hmm. spying on them. That's the kind uh -huh. of thing they're after. Well, that's a noble goal for the organization because you would you would have hoped maybe that would have been done before the proliferation of the devices but it sounds like the horse had left the barn and now we're trying to put some now they're trying to catch up it. and as somebody pointed out too you know they're um they're focusing on the products that exist but don't forget there'll be a hundred more products tomorrow right and how do you standardize the security for them right it's difficult right yes and we're talking with Kevin Costello, staff reporter for the Orange County Business Journal, who covers technology. Let's talk a, about a company that maybe people recognize the name relative to being a consumer name, but we're actually talking about their commercial avionics business, and that's Panasonic Avionics. Uh, I know they have a space at CES, and they were showing their latest in-flight entertainment. What were they featuring in their booth? Well, it's quite interesting. Of course, Panasonic Avionics, it's a fancy name, but it really yeah. means in-flight entertainment, and they do a lot of that. So what they acknowledge is that uh, TV and movies are still at the top of the list for in-flight entertainment, but they're trying to attract other interests. So there are three things that they're looking at and developing and introducing. One is wellness. They want to make sure that when you're on your next flight to Australia and you're sitting there for 12 hours, that you get some exercise, keep the heart beating correctly and all that. So the wellness is a big thing right now. Then they also have a moving map that shows you where you are exactly where you're going and you know you smile rick uh you know it's just a map well as a matter of fact they acknowledge that it's what they call geotainment a little bit of geography plus entertainment so that's okay. what they call it maybe they don't take it 100 percent seriously but it does let you see exactly where you are and it moves along with you then the other thing and this is really they're thinking about it more and that is to have gaming consoles hooked up to the in-flight entertainment system. And the Panasonic avionics people caution me that this is still in the development stage, and it seems to me they're not 100% sure where it's going, but apparently, you know, your kids will be able to possibly, maybe one day, get on the airplane with their gaming console and do all the things like casting and things that you and I don't really understand. Okay, so so allowing uh, people to bring their own consoles, consoles, and interact with the existing in-flight systems. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think part of this, um, just my hunch, is that. 
people uh, may be getting a little bit jaded about the in-flight entertainment, maybe a little bored. So companies like Panasonic Avionics and then a separate company, Thales, also here Mm -hmm. in Orange County, they're trying to develop ways to make sure that people still stay entertained, amused, informed, and well. It's interesting because um, when I travel, and I don't travel all that often anymore, just maybe for some speaking engagements and things outside of Orange County, when I'm on a plane that has no in-flight entertainment systems, that's a very different experience than one that has an in-seat dedicated screen that I can control. Mm -hmm. That's a very different flight for me somewhat less productive to be very honest because if i don't have all that distraction i tend to do things like i used to do them which is either read a book do some work on my computer you know what i'm saying but once it's there it's sort of like wow look at all these movies i haven't seen (laughs) and use it let's use it right yeah right so we are getting used to that but i can see how now our expectations are different getting higher and the whole idea of wi-fi you know, the personalization moving from a standard movie that everybody had to watch that started at a certain time, and you're going to watch this whether you wanted to or not, and if you're, you know, you might have seen it before, mm. to being able to choose to see whatever movies in the catalog at your individual seat mm. was a great improvement. Yeah. The ability maybe then to use that platform to do more things via Wi-Fi and get out into your own world and be sort of connected even while you're up in the air is also an attractive exactly, option. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. The, the ever-increasing technology is impacting. And I imagine those are major systems that air, that airline manufacturers commit to that once they're installed, there's a certain amount of difficulty in upgrading them if you have to change the hardware, I would think. So. Yeah, I mean, it's all quite expensive, and it takes a long, long time to develop and put into place. But it's in a way, it's a little bit interesting thing. Uh, the further technology goes along, the further it has to keep on moving forward and forward and forward, right? Isn't that a unique yeah. Yeah. unique aspect of the industry that you're covering? It yeah. sort of it builds on itself yeah. and creates its own rate of change. And momentum. Right, momentum, yeah. yes. Keeps you... Keeps you curious, doesn't it, Kevin Costello? <laughs> sure does. All right. Did you gain any insights about companies that are not in Southern California, specifically Orange County, who may be or are considering relocating? Because you had mentioned how there are other markets with technology, like the Silicon Valley. But any sense for that companies might be moving here? Well, let's take one example. There's a company called Razer that makes keyboards and mouse units and other things for gamers. Now, they have closed down their San Francisco office, and they'll be consolidating everything here in Irvine. So that's a really good example. Razer, it's uh, quite well-known, as a matter of fact, very well-known in the gaming world. And they told me specifically that one of the reasons, or maybe the main reason for consolidating in Irvine is that they'll be near Blizzard. Wow. That's an important thing. And then I've talked to other gaming people who say, in fact, that Orange County, the whole area around Orange County, heading a little bit towards San Diego, is a gaming hub. And wow. they're really looking forward to that. You know, gaming is a big, big deal these days. Yes. And it, it all makes sense when you hear it out of your mouth. But before you said it, I wasn't really thinking that yeah. would be such a draw. But, yeah, why not be close to the major play, one of the major players in the industry yeah. if you can? Yeah. 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 That yeah. makes perfect sense. Okay. So I understand you met with Frank Ng of Allied Esports Entertainment. First of all, what is Allied Esports Entertainment? And what did you learn from Frank? Well, he has two things going. One is the World Poker Tour, but what he's really building up is the esports. Now, this is a kind of computer gaming 
often with professional players, with teams. And the big thing about Frank's company is that he has a huge arena in Las Vegas, where, of course, the show was, and people compete there almost like professional regular sports teams, and they win prizes, and they make a lot of money. And he even showed me they have a special hall of heroes or tunnel of heroes where the people walk through with special lighting on their way to these sports events. It's a really big deal. And uh, Frank is really, really bullish about this. He says, you know, uh, the video gaming, the esports are coming along and they're going to overtake other types of entertainment, including movies and music. Wow. That's a bold prediction. Yes. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. I don't know first, but you certainly heard it here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, right? That's right. And you heard it out of the mouth of Kevin Costello. So I'm interested in hearing more about a firm Konka, K-O-N-K-A. Who are they and what is their role in Orange County? They're a very, very big uh, Chinese television maker. And unfortunately or not, I guess you could say that they're just not that well known in the United States. Right. And now they're making a big, big push. And let's start with the CES show that you mentioned before. They had a really spectacular booth with some incredible LED screens, all the latest in the technology, bright colors like you couldn't believe. And they have set up shop in Irvine over by Spectrum. And they're just going to build up, build up and make a run for it, build up the Conca brand, mostly selling televisions, but some other appliances as well. And they're just a big company, and they're making a big push. Is Orange County their U.S. North American HQ? Is that what they're doing? Yes, it will be the North American headquarters. Okay, so that's significant. So they'll run everything out of here. And they have such big plans that I said, well, how big will you be? And they're not even really sure. Certainly 200 people is at least one goal that they have. They have quite a small number right now, but they they really want to build up, and they see that this Conca brand that's established its roots in Irvine really could go somewhere. Well, I'm going to have to keep my eyes open for the Conca brand. Just what we need, <laughs> another competitor in that space to give us more value for less money. That's correct. All right, well, bully, bully. <laughs> I understand Epson was at the show, and Epson's a recognized name. Any news about them? Yeah, two pieces of news. They've introduced a new projector, a laser-operated projector for displaying TV shows and movies on your screen at home. Really very, very important stuff. It's well-priced for the average homeowner for the domestic market. So they introduced that at the show. And then also, you know, we were talking about uh, tech companies moving into Orange County. Well, they're going to be moving their North American headquarters from Long Beach into Orange County this summer. So that's a big development on that front, too. Come on down. The water's fine, right? <laughs> Talking with Kevin Costello, staff writer for the Orange County Business Journal. A couple more questions in the time that we have, if you sure don't thing. mind. I know we have quite a few tech companies, as we said, here in Orange County. One who won a Best of CES 2020 award. Can you tell us a little bit about Cintiant uh, and uh, their CEO, Kurt Busch? Yes, indeed. That's a very fascinating company. They're developing these uh, low battery-powered off-on voice command things. And you have to look back a little bit. They point out to me that in the old days, you know, you had the mouse, you have touchscreen now, but voice will be the big deal of the future. Right. So these are voice-operated commands that uh, Kurt Busch and his team are developing. They have quite a bit of success. They're already shipping their processors, voice processors out to customers now. They had what's called a certification for the Alexa 
wake word for Amazon. It's mm. a big, big deal that they got uh, last summer. So this is a, a, a really important area. And, and I said, well, can you bring it home to the average person to know exactly what you're talking about? And he said, well, let's take grandma. He said in the old days, grandma would push down or up for her hearing aid, or sure. hearing aid would give more or less. He said now, grandma will say up, hearing aid up, hearing aid down, and the volume will go up or down. And the important thing is, only grandma can talk to her hearing aid with the Cintia so processor. So the grandkids can't mess with her? Exactly. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Wow. So this is very important stuff. And I said, well, let's take a little bit further, Kurt. Eventually, will you be able to start your car just saying car on? He said, eventually that could happen, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's the most natural way we communicate, right? Yeah. And if we can talk to our things just instead of programming and touching them, that seems to make perfect sense to me. That's so it. that's a company definitely to watch yeah. here and has a kind of a well-recognized CEO as well in Kurt Busch. Definitely. Okay. So final question for you here, Kevin, on the Critical Mass Radio Show and podcast. From the time that you spent there, do you have any main takeaway from covering the event and the presence of so many? We just touched on some of them, tech companies that are headquartered in Orange County. Yeah, the Orange County companies really are holding their own. As I mentioned, as we were just talking about now, there's so many products that they displayed, that they talked about, and a very positive impression that they made in the show. Now, um, it's important to remember, too, that it was a lot more than Orange County. In fact, as a matter of fact, there are 182,000 participants there, and that's a lot, even for Las Vegas. But as I walked around, I could really sense that the Orange County companies were very much appreciated. They were moving, they were shaking, they were going forward, right. and things really looked bright. That's we really excellent. do. Well, we as, at the end there, we hired one, uh, highlighted one that was best of CES, which is, as you said, that's a very competitive thing to be able to Definitely. get that kind of recognition. So that's that's very positive as well. Well, I hope you'll come back on the show at some point when you're something else is going on in the technology scene that you want my audience to be aware of. Will do. Okay. And thank you for being a friend of the program and willing participant in talking about Orange County companies. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. And my, my pleasure. I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, Mr. Paul Roberts, and the three producers without whom I couldn't do the show each week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, our newest producer, Vanessa Holland. If you want to connect with me, let's start on LinkedIn. I am Richard Franzi, F R A N. Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.